morning and welcome to Talking Books. Now it's really good to be back live again. I don't feel like I've been here live for a little while and it's already beginning to feel a bit as if we're moving into a new season coming into the studio today. I mean next week is September and that's I believe the beginning of the meteorological autumn. I think that's right in saying isn't it September um, and I've seen a few ter- leaves and trees turning brown and the bonfires stop smelling like kippers and start smelling all romantic so what better than to start autumn with poetry and we're joined in the studio by a favourite guest here on Talking Books Paul Mortimer so welcome back Paul good morning nice to be back yes I haven't had poetry on the show for a long time and well I we can put that right today absolutely <laughs> need to get that right again and it must be more than a year since you were on last week yes lovely yeah. Joe, your yeah, wife that's, that's the artist right. yep yep yeah. Yes, so it must at least be, and she's busy again too as well, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, she's very busy at the moment. She's off to Saatchi in London again in October. Yes. They just uh, had her back, so... Uh, yes, because yeah. she was getting ready for that the last time we oh, talked. Oh, right, so it was so a year ago then, yeah. been really creative. And you've been, I mean, you've been terribly busy over the last 12 months, haven't you? Just yeah. tell us a little bit about what you've... I can't believe how many gigs you've done. Well, no, I know, it's uh, got a bit mad, really. I think uh, over 18 months I ended up doing about 60 gigs. Um, headlined quite a few and appeared at a few festivals which is really exciting and that was just a sort of for the book really but I just enjoyed it as well um, so yeah it's been really cool Plymouth, Exeter, Torquay, Paynton, Taunton, Tiverton yeah. Yeah. Yes. I've been everywhere man <laughs> <laughs> and you were featured poet at the Tinmouth Poetry Festival which I didn't know existed which is a shame oh yes I was one of them yes there was um, they had about uh, I think about eight top poets and then yeah. several sort of workshops and things but yeah I was, I was invited to that um about six months previously, it was all proper. I had a contract and everything was amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a fabulous poetry festival. It's probably that that and the Torbay Festival are probably the top two in the southwest, actually. Yes. So it was a real, uh, was a, a real bonus. Um, I'm only just getting to know Timmouth, but it's got quite a it's got a, quite a creative heart to it. Oh hasn't yes. It? Well, muse come from there, you know. Do they really? Oh yes, yes. come from Tinmouth. Yes, there you oh, go. It's a completely different view of <laughs> yeah. news all of a sudden. Perhaps that's the sort of thing Tinmouth drives you to, really. Yeah, maybe, well, yes, <laughs> there's a point for discussion, but not now. No, it was mm. a fabulous place. So you've actually found yourself promoting, well, really, I mean, heavily, your mm. new collection. It's not a new collection now, is it? Is it about you? No, it's, it's about 18 months old now. And, um, yeah, so I, I didn't do it to promote the book, really. I mean, it was an opposite. It was a vehicle to do it. I mean, I just enjoyed performing poetry anyway. Um, but um, my, my, my publishers, um, they, they have a, a sort of very egalitarian approach to poetry book sales. They know they're not going to sell in Waterstones and Smiths unless you're called Armitage or um, <laughs> yeah, Motion. or Duffy. Um, <laughs> and so they, they tend to operate on a principle that um, uh, Dennis, who runs Flapwing, who are my publishers, said, um, we think of our poets as travelling salesmen, which I think is oh, a right. wonderful, uh, wonderful sort of uh, view on, the, on it, really. So you just take the opportunity to sell while you're doing. And it's the best way. I mean, I've sold almost 100 copies of the book. Well, there's yes. no way I'd have shifted that through any, you know, sort of normal outlets. And I also know it's, it's, it's been picked up by people who really enjoy poetry yes. and, and obviously like my work, which again is a, 
a nice uh, confirmation yeah. of what you're doing is appreciated by the people. Of course, the first print run sold out. Didn't it? Yeah, it did quite quickly, really. Mm. Um, so I think there's about six copies left of the second one. And they're all, in fact, funnily enough, they're all sitting in a bookshop down in Taunton at the moment. So I've got to go and get those because I've got none to take with me. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, is that are you in? Because you did a really big show at Brendan Books, didn't you? Yes, last I did. year for the Literary Festival. Yeah, Taunton Literary Festival. That was that. I was. I wasn't sort of fully prepared. I, I was by the time it came, but um, for what was what I was expected to do I, I realised um, quite near the time that it was a one man one hour poetry show so it, I had to rethink how I do these things because usually if I'm headlining a gig it's about 20 minutes if yes. you're just part of a uh, of an evening you probably get five maybe ten minutes so a whole hour is a different thing altogether mm-hmm. so I thought I can't stand their machine gunning poems at people for an hour <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't like that so I had to put a whole script together and it was it went really well I loved doing yeah. it actually it was quite a success because I was just talking to Paul before the show and I, I went and heard Andrew Motion at the brew house some time ago oh, now right. and he turned up jolly late looked like a rather bored lecturer mm. and then did really machine gun Andrew mm. Motion poems to yeah. us which don't machine gun frankly no they don't do that <laughs> they really. sort of kind of meander towards you yes. so actually um, it was a dreary evening mm. bless him and oh. um, it, it does Actually, you have to perform poetry in a sense as well, don't you? You have to show people a bit of you. You do. I, I think performing poetry is really interesting because, uh, I mean, the first time I did it was actually in Taunton and I was white as a sheet, rattled off the poems in about two minutes flat and sort of staggered back to my seat, breathing heavily, you know. <laughs> um, but I did a gig in um, uh, Torquay, I think it's about fifth or sixth one I'd done, and there's a poet friend of mine called Ziggy who actually lives over there. And he's got th- a, a theatrical background. And I heard him read and I thought actually that's how you read poetry Mm. so it's not actually about doing things that are gimmicky or trying to win people over but it's actually reading poems with authority it's reading them slowly uh, and it's knowing where to put the brakes and and give people time to take on board you know what you've just said to them because if you just if you just bang it out then they, they don't they don't get the poem at all it's gone past them yeah. and so I learned a lot from him and um, so performing poetry yes it's not sort of like a theatrical thing but it's it's actually a deliverance uh, yeah. aspect of it so yes. you enable people to to get what you're saying really yes because whenever I'm talking to someone or it's often trying to convince them that if they don't like poetry they just haven't found the right poet uh-huh. um, but also that you should when you're reading it to yourself you should have the words forming in your mouth as you're Mm. reading them shouldn't you rather than just seeing them as words on a page because poetry has that kind of Set, that's how the sense comes out in it. Oh, absolutely. You can disagree with me, by no, the way. No, no, I, I think, no, I think that's <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I've had arguments with people who, uh, there's one poet, it should be nameless, who, who insists that it's not poetry unless it rhymes. Well, there's some very interesting debate goes <laughs> on there, you know. Um, uh, and um, and f- um, there are various forms of poetry, like uh, villanelles or uh, sonnets, um, which I had to do when I was doing a course about poetry um, uh, linked to the Open University uh, and, and it taught me a lot about writing poetry but I can't write those sorts of poems it's just not me um, I feel when I'm writing poetry that's either got a format to fit or, or a rhyming, you know, they have this iambic poetry um, 
I, I find I'm forcing what I want to say yeah. to conform to the structure of the poem. Um, but it doesn't mean to say, so I write free verse, what is known as free verse. Yeah. But it doesn't mean to say that you don't get the lyricism or the bounce in the poem, as, mm-hmm. long, as, you know, as long as you as a reader know where the, the lyricism yeah. is and where the bounce of the poem is, then you can deliver it that way so for instance whenever I'm writing poetry I'll always read it out loud to myself yeah um, because then I can see where the poem trips up or where the lines don't work I can go back and um, you know sort of work on it from there really it's great fun it is I think I think um, you know if if if, like you say you hear a really interesting poet reading their own work Mm. I mean sometimes you hear poets on YouTube or the old recordings Mm. of Mm. Robert Frost and Mm. I was terribly disappointed with Robert Frost because... I was with Dylan Thomas. <laughs> I mean, I'm Welsh and I'm thinking, why hasn't he got a Welsh voice? He's speaking like someone with Oxford with a plum in his I mouth. Know, he sounds very dramatic and does, theatrical, doesn't, doesn't he? It's yeah, not quite absolutely. how you imagine it at all. No, no. They no. always get someone like John Gielgud or Ralph Richardson <clears throat> reading Keats. Well, Keats mm. was a little, sort of, mm. like they called him, Cockney poet. He was mm. certainly not a privately educated no. theatrical giant. Mm. So... No. You know, there, there the, is did the they read his poetry well? Because I know you're a big Keats fan, aren't you? I don't. I I liked the way Ben Wishaw read it. Oh, really? Oh, that's Star. interesting. It was right, much okay. more with a natural mm. way that Keats would have yeah, read it. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, some mm-hmm. people like that dramatic. That was what's important to you. Yeah, as a hero. I think we. Um, each yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. Everybody on here knows about my my um, obsession. I don't think it's an obsession with Keats. Mm-hmm. But anyway, other poet there other poets are available, yeah. including Paul, who I think at this moment it's a very good time to ask you to read a couple yes, of, of your poems. Are these from your last collection? No, I'm 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 sort of um not reading anything from my last collection at the moment. Um because simply because uh, I've got so not b- bored of them is the wrong word really. Um but uh I just find that I need to do some new stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, we'll, we'll probably come to that in a minute, but I've been writing a lot of um, uh, new stuff this year. Um, so I've got two short, two shortish ones here. One of the problems I have is, is uh, memory retention. I had two bouts of amnesia when I was very young, and, and it's pretty screwed up. But, you know, I forget things quite quickly. And I've written quite a few poems along that, and this is just a very short one, and it's called Chaff. If memory is a barn then mine is sparsely filled. You will catch the scent of straw breath from some dark corner, but that is all. It means I can fill it every day, feed on it until that too is emptied out, chaff lost somewhere in the winds of my mind. Ooh, I like that. Um, And then, as you know, I'm I'm a big fan of... uh, I write a lot of nature poetry. I think nature has a lot to say to us, even more so in this age. Um, I I think um, we're sort of on the cusp of the death throes of the materialistic world, really. And I think a lot of people are are looking back to the sort of natural world to find Mm. satisfaction with life and purpose in life and what have you. And so ever since I've been writing poetry, a lot of it's spun around that sort of basic philosophy Mm. if you like really so um this one's uh this is a a poem i wrote about a heron that i saw um so it's just called searching for shadows for a moment you fear for the heron's safety a biplane all rushing air flapping canvas fragile undercarriage there will be a crash and debris but it touches down like a feather shuffles on the edge of water turns to stone gimlet eyes bore an underworld where insects and fish are free of gravity the whole planet in a bubble 
the whole bird wired, waiting for a shadow, the whole clock stopped, waiting for movement. Ooh. See, that's, when you're hearing it like that, it's a, it's a completely different, because you, you've got the, the, the stops at the end of the lines, mm. and you know. Mm. So when you're reading poems, I do think sometimes people read them too quickly and give up on them too quickly. Yeah. Because sometimes it's even the shape on the page is important, isn't it? It is. It's the shape of the page it's the shape on the page, and particularly with free verse. Free verse is actually because you're not writing to form, so you've got a natural structure. You're creating mm-hmm. the structure yourself. And so the structure is very important because it's where the breaks are in the lines. So if you're reading a poem, you if there isn't um it, you know, punctuation is quite important, obviously. But if a line breaks in the middle of a sentence, the poem's asking you to just take a brief pause there. And it's asking you to take a brief pause there so you can just take in what you've just read before you go on to mm-hmm. fill your mind with the next line. Sounds horribly pretentious, but that's, that's the way free verse works, really. And if you, can, if you get into a rhythm of reading free verse like that, then the poems will come to you mm. much as I would read them really because mm. I'm just reading them where the breaks and the mm. pauses are yeah I mean I um it was interesting you talked about nature because I've just read a book called Meadowland um which is another there's been a, a multiplicity of these lovely books with pretty covers written mm. by people about the wild world and I think that's right that mm. people hankering back to the land and and Meadowland and what this is a the year in the life of a meadow and it's very beautiful mm. Um, in places and people like Robert McFarlane. I don't oh know yes, you... I'm reading his landmarks. Yes, at the uh, he he almost writes poetry in mm. a sense. Some of mm. some of his prose is mm. really. Have you poetic. read his book, The Wild Places? Yes, I mean that. Stunning. I can read I, that again and again. It's I know that this idea that we do have wilderness left mm. in mm. in people keep going on about how how Britain is full. No. <laughs> and I'm going, no. <laughs> Do you ever go outside where you live? Mm. Because there's so much. Just being in the southwest, and because you're based in Tiverton, aren't mm, you? That's right. Yeah. So, is, are there special places, sort of, round here locally that inspire you? Oh, oh, absolutely. Well, Dartmoor for a kickoff. Yeah. Um, very inspirational place. I mean, where we live, we're, we're sort of pr- practically halfway between Dartmoor and Exmoor, and sort of coming from Snowdonia. Well, I haven't lived there for a long time. You, you, you have that essence within you I think which is mm. always there it's always been there with me um, I mean my dad started me rock climbing when I was 11 years old you know and um, when I lived up in the Midlands I'd go running for two hours across Canic Chase which is a massive area of moorland you know so I've always had that um, sort of desire to be out in the wild places so yeah so that, that's I find a lot of inspiration on Dartmoor I've written quite a lot of poems tied into Dartmoor actually I mean Maybe there's another collection there, maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a lot of poems flying around by Dartmoor because it's such an inspirational place for yes. people in the southwest. You know, I know, I know one poet, a friend of mine, Robert Garnham, who's written a poem that actually takes the mickey out of poets writing poems about Dartmoor, you know, and he's hilarious. He's, I wrote a poem about a buzzard and he's, he keeps sending me these poems about buzzards that he's trying to write, you know, <laughs> just taking the Michael, really. But yeah. uh, So it's, there's a whole sort of um, cliquey area there that's, that's quite difficult to um, sort of tease out and see where the, yeah. uh, where the, the, where the proper stuff is, really. But uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, mm. no, I mean, the, the um, I once had to, I was on, just... I was once on BBC Radio Somerset, um, but I did your Somerset. I had to do a, like, oh, right, a piece yeah. for Ben McGra- Ben McGrail, and he um, asked writers what Somerset meant to them. Mm. Well, Somerset means a lot of things to me, not all of which I'd have wanted to share on 
um, on BBC platform. Radio. But one of the things that's always picked up with me is that there's a there are landscapes and people here have got there's a mystery about the southwest about devon and somerset mm. particularly on cornwall obviously but you know there's a mystery and the 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 levels and the hills and the the, the variety in the landscape that's something a poet must feed on isn't it oh it? absolutely i mean it, it's really interesting this, years ago there used to be this funny thing about poets so you have to have a muse and i never properly understood what that is um it's like something that that um sort of becomes ingrained in you and then you reflect on that, and, and it sounds very Victorian way of writing, you know. And oh, okay, and stroke the beard, and here comes a line, you know. Yes, and, very but cold there's, yeah, it is. But there's there's an essence of truth there that that you do get, you know, as you begin to th- as a poet, it's like an artist really as well. You 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 focus on things that other people probably don't, and so and then you begin to reflect on those, and they're um, they're sort of relative place in life as a whole and then you can bring it in and I think partly that's what poets and artists actually do they they take people outside their own lives and their own sort of um, viewpoint and put their focus you know mm. sort of in terms of the vision and their thinking on something very different um, and and you know sort of help them step outside the, the the box that they live in really well I mean the other thing that I think about is um, I'm going to start mentioning all your new stuff, but there's such a lot of it, and I've just had a, just had a message that I can't talk forever, which is a shame because I could talk poetry forever. It's really it's really frustrating when I get a poet. I've had I have wonderful guests on on here. Hmm. Sometimes it's easier to start talking to them about their work than it is others. Hmm. And actually, poets, it's very easy to talk around the subject. Um, so. I'm going to get on to what you're going to do. Oh right, okay. Because um, you've got lots of new stuff coming up, haven't you? There's a, there's you you've got so much creative energy at the moment that, <laughs> yes. that you, you can follow Paul. Actually, I would really, really recommend following Paul on Instagram. What are you called? Well, yeah, um, I'm called Zen Gramps on there. Zen Gramps. A story in that, but don't worry about it. But um, I've got a blog as well called Welsh Stream, so yes. they can find it there. And I'm on Twitter as Well, it's Paul just those little poet. snippets of poetry. I just mm. love them. There's these little tiny short pieces of poetry that Paul puts up there. And so, so suddenly you think, oh, yes. That's almost like a little thought for the day, in a sense. Well, I like that, you see. I mean, um, I think that's partly put down, because I've spent 46 years working as a journalist, and mm. one of the things I used to do a lot was write headlines, where you have to get a lot of information in a very short space. Mm. And so, for instance, one of, one of my, one of my favourite short, short poems is um, um, uh, Leave the Stars Up There, You Can Touch Them in the River. And, and the essence about that, effectively, is that people reach for the stars. Well, actually, mm. you don't need to do that. There's, there's, if you look around you, mm. you, you can get hold of things that are, mm. uh, are sort of... So I, I like those because they, they, they're sort of like very short-thinking poems. Mm. And mm. I usually do them on my typewriter, which is good fun. Yeah, and yeah. Take a photo. Take and, a picture. And, 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 and it's it it yeah. fun. And, I, and, I, and I've hooked into a really... On, on Instagram, I've hooked into a, a great group of people on that i've got a lot i picked up a lot of followers very quickly and um it's like what i call the coffee shop poet and it's so all the hashtags and everything are linked to that so yeah it's really good fun i've yeah. only been doing that a few months so um 
that's I enjoy it. Yeah, I dip in and there. out of it's something like Instagram because I mm. think people are generally very bored with your holiday snaps on Instagram. <laughs> but you yes. take a picture of a cup of coffee and you get like five hundred <laughs> likes. Yeah, <you> <laughs> take a beautiful landscape and people go what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a bit, it's a bit random, isn't it? Really, yeah. 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 <laughs> it, there's other things too because you you've got here. Um, that you're working towards a second collection. Mm. So is there a particular theme with that? Have you got a title or, you know... No, I haven't yet. Um, the, th- the, th- the thing is, I think I explained to you um, while we were off air that, that I hadn't been well last year. Yes. And um, for about three months, and I'd been gigging a lot. And the problem with doing all the gigs, I wasn't writing so much. Mm. And um, I really needed to sort of lock myself down because I enjoyed the writing side and just start writing again. Well, the upshot of that, I mean, that was a year ago. And a year on, I've written about 80 poems in 12 months. And the previous 12 months, I've done about 36. Mm. Um, I've got a new way of sort of, um, which I can tell you about in a minute, of of sort of getting into writing again. Um, So um, I've sort of really enjoyed getting a lot of new material together so now I need to I, I mean I know the publisher I have at the moment that will publish me again which is great um, but I, I think I might have um, a bit of a look around because the, the thing with publishers they tend to work in tiers so I mean Faber and Faber and um, yeah. Blood Axe and Nine yeah. Archways are right at the top end of the scale yeah. um, so I might look at shifting up a platform I might not I mean Dennis has been was brilliant last year yeah. and does a nice you know produces a nice poetry book so I might stay with that so at the moment I'm gathering material I haven't got an idea for a title yet um, um, but I've got a couple of ideas buzzing around I've had another one that's really quite exciting me at the moment that I might want to shift out into a different format really so yes. and you're working with an artist again yes Anne Lewis um, from North Wales interesting way that came together because um joe my wife bought me a liner print of hers of triffin which was the first mountain ever climbed she's Anne's based in she, she was actually born in st Asaph as well interestingly enough we met her last year uh when we were up in north wales um but she's doing um uh, i'm not quite sure exactly what it's about but it's some sort of uh, nature art exhibition that's going on in north wales at the end of this year and she's um a liner print artist so they work up in layers to produce their finished piece and she asked she's doing some seabirds and she'd seen my sort of like you're saying that the short poetry my Mm. nature poetry um asked me if i I would be interested in providing some lines for some of the prints so um that's quite exciting really so Mm. we're we've been working on to that um um so that's been really fun things like puffins and kitty wakes and what have you uh, it's just been really I mean that's really interesting because you think oh god you know I hope she likes this because she's spent I mean she spends hours and hours and hours producing one of these pieces because it's mm. such a complex process and then the, the the type is the last thing that goes on and you think god I just hope that's okay you know but yeah. she's she's liked what I've sent her so far so that's been really oh, cool yeah. yeah and there's a couple of other projects as well isn't there that the what's this one that's called um uh the Crow Chronicles. I mean, I don't. This, oh. this, this is the the Ted Hughes, and I know we can't talk forever. Mm. But the the you you said to me um, that it has a, a the shaking off the cloud of Ted Hughes, and I'm just thinking, yeah. I 
This sounds like ambitious. This is, sounds ambitious. Well, no, I don't, I don't mean it to be something to rival Teddy Hughes, obviously, because Crow was an immense piece of work. Yeah. He, I, I don't know if you know, he originally intended that to be a fairy tale. He started writing it after Sylvia Plath died, and he was yeah. in a very barren period in his life. Um, but it eventually shook out to about seven or eight poems, and it's a, it's a very dense and deep and dark yeah. piece of work. It's quite shamanistic. Um, mine's something altogether quite different. Um, but I'd written a... I'd written a poem about a crow. I always find crows fascinating birds. I mean, they're, they're, I'd love to have one as a pet, you know, because I, I think, you know, they're, they're sort of semi-mythical. You think they, they just there sit there and they wandering know... around Wellington. Have you seen oh, is there? Yeah, outside nabbit. the one stop. It's it? annoying people in the is one it? stop. Well, I'll, I'll... But I'm scared for it because I think someone <laughs> will hurt it. Oh, but, it's, but it is. It's astonishingly yeah. human. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're incredible birds. Very intelligent. So I'll go and nab that one in Wellington on the way home then, shall I? <laughs> I'm sure you'll <laughs> look after it. Throw a bag Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, it's, it's, um, it's a really interesting project and I'd written a couple of poems about crows because I thought, no, I want, you know, because in previous years, no, I can't write about crows because Ted Hughes has done all the crow thing and, you know, people are just think you're going to be riding on the back of this and all that. It's just me, I mean, my not. But then I wrote a couple of crow poems during this last 12 months and I was really quite excited by both of them, really. Uh, and I started thinking about um, um, a piece of work from beginning to end. So, that, like, the first poem is um, about the birth of crow and, and the poem's written from the fact that he's inside the egg and the poem's about the fact that it's like he's inside a planet and breaking out of it into this, this bigger world, you know. And, and then, and then the, the, the series will just follow his life through um, various things. And it's obviously um, um, a poem that, that, that speaks to us really, again, about the theme I was talking before about, you know, what's important for us in life and what isn't. And so Crow goes through all these different aspects of life and, and speaks to us as as people hopefully so yeah i've 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 i've, n- I've nailed down um, a publisher up in cumbria who might be interested in just publishing that as a separate collection in a chap book really and possibly with some maybe some illustrations as well i've done some sketches for it um so that's just like yeah. burning along there really yeah that's fantastic and they um the difficulty with this is that I can see the time ticking away and you mm. need, you've need you got a nice long track at the end. Mm. But is there somewhere that people can go to so that they can find out exactly what you're up to? And Or do you do you keep that up to date? Your yes, I absolutely it- do, yeah. I've got two I've got two things. I've got um, Paul, Mort- Paul Mortimer, writer and poet, or poet and writer, I think it is, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's, there's all sort of newsy stuff on there about what I'm doing. I put the show up there this morning. Mm, yes. um, so I'll double your listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and then I've got a blog, which is just, if you just put in Welsh stream, as all one word, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll find that will come up. And you'll find a lot of my new work goes up on there. Really recommend two, that. Yeah, probably two or three times a week I'm mm-hmm. putting stuff up mm-hmm. there. So that's the two places. And mm-hmm. then there'll be links from there to my Twitter account and Instagram as well. Yes. So there's lots of places to find yeah. out about um, what Paul's doing. And I'm going to have to have him back on the show again very shortly because obviously we want to find out how some of these projects have developed and a year flies by mm. and so now <laughs> we say what's your what's your track that you've chosen to play out with and is there a do we know which one you've got barry yes we found a paul's first choice so ah. we've got the um ruby horse oh track. brilliant 
Yes. So if you'd like to introduce it. Is there any reason for choosing it? or is it? Just uh, no, I, I, just, I just love the track. I've, I'd never heard of the band before. I listened to um, uh, another radio station called Radio Paradise. It's a Californian one. Uh, this is actually an Irish band who sort of didn't hang around very long. Um, but their music's just, just brilliant, really. So there we go. And this is Long Time Coming. and long time coming the choice of Susie Grogan's guest Paul Mortimer it's been a long time 
You're listening to The Community Show on 10 Radio, your local, absolutely local, community radio.